welcome to episode 27 of the One Life Church podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but ultimately things we think that could relate to you and your one and only life. My name is Sarah Inman, and I'm normally joined by our, my co-host, Brett Nicholson, but Brett is actually sick today. Uh, he's not feeling well, and so we're going to continue on, and today I get to hang out with my friend, Bob Seymour. I've listened to a hundred podcasts, but I have never been on one. So this is the uh, first time in my life to actually be on a worldwide network podcast. That's right. Worldwide network (laughs) podcast. And many of you may know Bob, but if you don't, Bob is the CFO for One Life Church. And he's also um, an elder here at One Life, but also just connected to a lot of organizations and nonprofits that some of them we've talked to here on the podcast in the past few months. um, And some things that are kind of this global network that you're connected to as well. So pretty excited to hang out. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. Yeah. And uh, frankly, uh, I'm excited to be in Evansville at this time because I just see God moving in a lot of ways. Well, that's some, one thing that I wanted to talk to you about for sure is as you have been in Evansville, like how have you seen it change in, in Henderson as well? I mean, I, we know we've seen a lot of impact and growth happening there, even with just the East End and Ottoman Kids Zone that we're connected to at One Life, but multiple things. I mean, new places going in uh, downtown, artwork, you know, on the sides of uh, all kinds of buildings in Evansville and in Henderson. Like what are some things that you've seen personally? Well, you know, there's kind of, I've had a couple of lifetimes uh, Excuse me. I started in ministry at Bethel Temple with with others of us before we launched One Life. And, you know, we've always had relationships with pastors and, and various things in the city. And, and you know, I was part of Evansville Christian School and Evansville Christian Life Center and a lot of different ministry. But in the last eight years since I've been a part of One Life, it's just been interesting to watch. Uh, not only are we connecting in different ways by serving the city, and I think that's really just kind of a national factor phenomena with churches. I think so much of our efforts went into missions and international, but it's just been a whole new day for local ministry. And uh, the last eight years, we've, along with that, the cool part is we've watched our city med center and things like that just kind of blossom as we've moved in the city at fresh levels. And so it's just uh, kind of a perfect storm in, in my takeaway. I've watched in Henderson, I've watched uh, just churches and schools and neighborhoods and things that have interacted. And then at at whole new levels, I've watched that happen in Evansville. And uh, it's just interesting as uh, as churches, I, I just think we've changed perspective and we always reached people in our city, but it was more about coming to church. It was right. more about getting them here. And uh, I'm just watching a lot of churches say, who can we help? Where can we serve? And where can we make a difference? And uh, what we used to think in terms of global is now local and global. Mm. And uh, so it's just a, a transition that I've seen now in 30 years of ministry. I've just seen a, a transition, all good and and all profitable, but just a fresh uh, look yeah. at our city and a fresh look at the needs of our city. Do you think that's a generational thing? Do you think you've seen like new generations come in and say, we want to be more a part of this, whereas maybe generations of the past, even growing up in church personally, it was very much we need to invite people to church and we need to have people in the building and do meals. But now we're saying, let's go out and do these things like like we do City Serve Day. I know it's only one day a year, but we're connecting to organizations that we try to stay connected to throughout the year, which is something very different than what I grew up with. Yeah, I think it's absolutely generational. But part of it is, uh, all of us boomers, we were happy to write a check and let somebody else do it. (laughs) In fact, 
I didn't go on a mission trip till I was well into adulthood. I mean, that just wasn't something we did when really? we were teenagers. We went on, you know, we did small things and camp things and all that, but uh, we didn't go to Myanmar and places like that. And so I think one of the differences is uh, as boomers, we were willing to write a check and make sure ministry happened and we mm-hmm. cared about ministry, but then we went back to work. I think the next generations have, have been more about, uh, sure, we'll give money, but it's really been more about touching and being a part of it and engaging in it. And I think they give where they're involved. And yeah. so um, they want to be in the neighborhood. And, and frankly, uh, I think it's Barda or one of the, the guys who analyzes kind of church trends. And they're just saying that engagement is the new evangelism, that literally how we're going to reach people in the future is engage them in the neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And you might have somebody serve in a neighborhood with you before they ever walk into your church because they want to see the city do well. They want to serve the poor. They want to do some things and some under resourced areas. So I think it's probably just going to be the the new evangelism of the future is not going to be just sharing the gospel, but it's going to be working alongside and carrying out the gospel with our hands and feet and saying, I want to go where those people are because they're people of action. That's awesome. And obviously, I mean, something you're passionate about and, you know, you're excited to talk about it. Um, and from the One Life perspective, I know we talked about this a little bit, it's something that we always kind of had as a vision of being a part of these things. Can you talk a little bit about um, what that looked like from what it started as and kind of where we are now. Yeah, it's interesting because when we launched 101010 in Henderson, um, most of my background had been involved with larger organizations, Evelyn Christian Life Center and other organizations where we had just served the city on kind of a large scale. In fact, as boomers, that's kind of how we thought about everything. We kind of thought about a large church and a large ministry, and we just thought about growing things so that it did more, had more impact and all of that. When I came 101010, uh, to to One Life Henderson and we launched, we immediately started talking about the under-resourced neighborhood in Henderson, which is the East End. Right. And so the difference was it, it was literally kind of a house by house, block by block, as opposed to something that served the whole city. It was kind of bottom up instead of top down. And uh, that's really been kind of the message of what's happened in our startup uh, with, with One Life Henderson and now One Life West and One Life East is we went into the neighborhood, um, we began to connect with Rob Carroll, and you heard his story a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, and and honestly, uh, most of this is just kind of building things in flight. I wish I could say we had a grand plan and a, a crazy strategy, but truthfully, what we had was just a, a passion to serve under-resourced people, and uh, we decided just kind of early on to do it bottom-up instead of top-down. Instead of saying, we're going to start a big ministry, um, we just... We we just did it in context of let's go to the local school and let's find out what his dream is and right. his vision. Now, one of the things that, that Rob didn't tell you was early in this journey, I had heard about Rob. I had heard about South Heights, Heath and, and Mark and all the guys had, had told me all about that. And I heard they were part of the national model schools. And so sometime early in that relationship, I snuck away to Nashville because they were doing seminars down there with several thousand educators, and they were one of the model schools. And I kind of snuck in the back and <laughs> and just kind of to see what this phenomena was. Again, I knew where South Heights was. I had heard about it. And I sat in the back, and it was just interesting because they had never really seen anybody come from Henderson or come from the tri-state to kind of see what they did. But it was really incredible to watch this, this little school that was in Henderson, Kentucky, 
tell several thousand educators around the world just how to be better at what they do. That's and and I became addicted pretty early to the vision and the dreams and, and all that of Rob Carroll and the team there at South Heights. And of course, then he told a story about bringing his vision to yeah. us. And, and so I would say that uh, while we were willing to create the tables to have the discussions, we were part of that. We brought in, uh, in fact, the, one of the first meetings was we had at South Heights in the gym, and we, we just invited the neighbors. We invited politicians. Uh, we had a great crowd, and we had Sue Elsperman, and Sue is uh, was lieutenant governor after, I mean, she went from there, and be, she was a planner, became lieutenant governor in Indiana, and now's the uh, president of Ivy Tech. Oh, wow. And Sue was a planner, and she helped us facilitate conversations about what could happen in this neighborhood. And that was the beginning of several key points of which one of them was about crime and safety and housing and South Heights and kids. And we were off to the races. And so we created this animal called Engage. Mm -hmm. And that all sounds really formal, but truthfully, it was a few of us saying, let's engage. Right. The next thing we know, it was engage. It was on a T-shirt. Right. So, you know, I got that uh, somewhere. Yeah. Most of my journey in life has been, you know, started as a verb instead of a noun. Right. And uh, engage just was a group of us gathering. And you've heard Austin talk about the Shoney's gathering. They were just conversations about what could we do in this neighborhood. And we just stuck with it. And frankly, we're just... Uh, really in the last year or two, seeing some fruition to all of that just hanging in there and interacting and creating conversations right. around the neighborhood. And, and that's what I think I was going to ask too. I mean, you've seen the fruit of some of these things of relationships over the past, you know, eight years, nine years now um, of, of the Ottoman Kids Zone. And now we're seeing that launched in Evansville in a couple different ways. Um, the Jacobsville Kids Zone and Jeremy's been super excited about that. And, you know, we're having conversations about the West Side and what that looks like over there, like kind of that same idea. Like that's that's what it's all about. I would assume is like seeing you can start with an idea. I think a lot of times churches will start with an idea and then either it falls off or no one picks it up. But seeing how we've been able to connect um, with an organization who is doing this, like how have you seen that continue to grow? Yeah, I think a couple of things. First of all, um, one of my heroes is uh, <clears throat> um, just this whole idea of uh, thinking about what a movement looks like. Mm -hmm. And Tim Keller has driven a lot of that for me. And one of the things he just talks about is that the core of a movement is a good vision, is, mm -hmm. a, is a vision. And frankly, that's what Rob had for kids. And so as you spend a little time at South Heights, what you see is a culture. What you see is, and I could tell stories all day about some of the things they do through the year with kids that you're just like, you know, a parade through the yeah. East End at Christmas. And you're like, well, that's genius. That doesn't cost any money. That's simple. The kids are pumped. The neighborhood's pumped. It's just creativity just gone wild. It's just right. amazing. And it starts with a vision. And, and I give Rob credit for having a vision for kids. And, and then as time goes on, a whole lot of us gathered around that vision idea, including now Jeremy and John Benton and Austin and all the, you know, different people that are engaged now. It's just interesting how a vision, if you just keep kind of fueling that, will ultimately create a movement. Mm -hmm. And in fact, uh, uh, one of the things Keller says is if it, uh, if it has too much, uh, you move from a movement to an institution, it ceases to be a, a movement. So there's this interesting mm -hmm. 
a little chaos is good, uh, but too much chaos, you lose it. Right. And so there's this interesting journey that uh, I kind of thrive in. It's just this idea of stirring good quality vision. What my vision, it was Rob's. Right. Uh, we had a vision to serve people. There's no question as a church. And what we watched was some things that were just core to that vision. And uh, it's just interesting. And then, you know, people like in AKZ, people like the Preston Foundation stepped in and said, whoa, we like that and came in and funding came to the table. So, and what I also loved was uh, we would have gatherings in Henderson and we would, you know, again, at the school and the places and, you know, the city manager and the, the, uh, the mayor and others would be a part of that. And it doesn't take long before this vision is stirring and there's not any one person. It's just a movement around a vision that works. So what we're seeing happen over here, in fact, there's been, you know, even some meetings in the last few days around house, kids zone. and, And on Saturday, a group of them got together. So what we're seeing over here is we are seeing just that vision carry over and say, Hmm, this thing really does work and right. it does look good. And so organization is still form is still following it, trying to figure out how to structure all of that. Yeah. But the good news is uh, we've got a tiger by the tail that we're trying to figure <laughs> out how to journey with that. But we've got there good go. people in the mix, too. And your Jeremy's right. and your John's and exactly. your Tammy's and your Rob's are all strategic to that. Right. I was going to say that. I mean, that is important. I mean, obviously, we've said Rob's name a lot, and we know there's multiple people that are involved in that now, but the vision is key, but having someone who's driving it, yep. who's passionate about it, yep. not just saying, yeah, I kind of have this idea, I kind of want to do it, someone who carries it around in a flash drive in their pocket, yep. you know, like that wants to just tell everyone about it. Um, those are the people that you see a lot of those things happening. And so... Um, one thing that I think is really interesting is as I was, we were thinking about the people who we've had on the podcast and we've talked about it one life, different organizations with the Evansville Christian Life Center, Dream Center, Jacobsville Kids Zone, Audubon Kids Zone, uh, for Evansville, um, and some of these other organizations, Community One, somewhere along the line, Bob Seymour has been connected with some of these people. Yeah, I, I would. And, and honestly, the one thing you gain as you get older is you start to see what your role is and what you do well. And, and uh, without question... Um, I would have to say that my number one contribution to things is I connect dots. And that's just become kind of a, uh, frankly, a mantra for me that uh, I see kind of this guy needs to talk to this guy or this lady needs to talk to this lady or this group needs to talk to this group. And it just, for me... The, the bigger part of the journey is we've got vision, we've got skills, we've got uh, Jeremy at the Dream Center, he wants to do more with kids, we've got Rob at South Heights who has a vision for kids, we've got Tammy who's all about serving and social work and working you know, at Lighthouse Counseling, doing some things in this neighborhood. So what does it look like if we connect those dots? Yeah. And so that's been my role. I mean, honestly, uh, I just have figured out that this person needs to connect to this person. And over time, we've watched those relationships grow and develop. And to the point, I kind of disappear in the mix. Right. And it becomes a vision way beyond me. Well, it's exciting to be a part of and see those things uh, definitely happening. And then um, continuing on, like just things that you've seen happen within One Life, you know, as we I mean, we did an 11-week series about kind of the same idea that we started with, but kind of getting back to it. Um, what's that been like? What's that been like to see um, as a One Lifer, but also someone who's in leadership here? So I carry this. Uh, in my briefcase. Okay. And wow. This, move this book. was a, a, this wasn't even the move book. This yeah. is a flyer out of the move. Wow. And, and it's called 
the church I see. Right. And and the in fact, it's interesting. This idea of the church I see, I've used with other pastors that I that I sense are discouraged, or they've gotten lost in kind of the mechanics of of church life. Uh, what I find is in every pastor's heart that there somewhere along the line was just this vision birthed. And, and I love what uh, Rob Kelly, who came in from Charlotte a few weeks ago, yeah. uh, what I love is he said when he peels back the layers in a pastor's life, there's always a vision for the city in there somewhere. And that's, and, great. And that's really what the church I see was all about. And, and the, one, the one line that I always loved, uh, again, Brett birthed all of this, uh, the church I see places high value on the least by moving beyond the traditional expressions of charity towards genuinely raising the quality of life for the under-resourced. Now, to me, that's a whole different animal than serving the poor. That is, raising the quality of life says that their house, their safety, their neighborhood, the relationships, what does it look like? And the, and the scripture talks about uh, somewhere, I think this may be part of Isaiah 65, but it talks about children playing in the streets. Mm. And, and these neighborhoods, that's not even remotely. So when you talk about shalom, it is this atmosphere of children playing in the streets. It's about serving people with, with just improving their quality of life. And so what I have watched in, in Pastor Brett and all of us is I've watched from this idea all the way to to really wrapping the entire theology around it, the application, right. the week in, week out, here's what we do, uh, this whole thing. In fact, we were in a, I was with Brett in a cab the other day, or in a Lyft rider, uh -huh. and we got to talking to the, the guy in the, uh, that was driving, and uh, he was quite a talker, and, and he, uh, it was interesting because I had just come off the sermon, and I said, well, my pastor just said <laughs> that we are citizens of a different kingdom, right. and we are ambassadors on this earth, and the driver said, wait a minute, I to write that down and and it was interesting because then brett gave him the real you know yeah. actual scriptural side of it because he was in the back seat <laughs> but just just a reminder of i've just watched us develop sort of a baseline i, I don't want to say theology because that was always there but just kind of a practical application of what this looks like right. for a one life attender and uh week in week out day in day out and uh, so it and, and acts of kindness and all those kinds yeah. of things come from a different vantage point. I think our acts of kindness that we just talked about in our sermons come from a different vantage point than just everybody ought to be good. Right. It's just we are citizens of a different kingdom and ambassadors here on earth and city loving is neighbor loving and, and just handles that we can put on it. So my answer to how have we come, we're putting handles on things that are very practical. Yeah. And I think that one thing that as you're saying that our it's, it's very practical in a sense that someone could be a part of one life for, you know, five, seven years, one year, one month, whatever, and hear these things. But wherever they go, it still is the same principle and the same principle they would take with them into another city. Um, it's not just about Evansville and Henderson. That just happens to be where, where we are located and we were focusing on personally. But it's something that if you can learn that, you can take that anywhere and it makes an impact. But it becomes part of your identity. Yeah. And we talked about that. I mean, it becomes part of who you are. Right. And you're right. So if I say we are one lifers, right. then that is who we are. And it becomes literally, and, and it's funny, Sarah, because if I go back and look over the eight years, it was interesting because we didn't put a lot of money into neighborhoods. We didn't invest a lot. We, we just kind of were 
had proximity. We were we just did some things, showed up to some tables, met some people, connected some things, you know, did breakfast at Shoney's. Right. <laughs> and it's interesting every once in a while I hear somebody talk about what One Life's done. And I feel like I don't think we've done much, but we have kind of stayed in the game, kind of kept proximity and kind of just kept on our hearts this passion and this drive and uh, done city serves and things that kind of did touches over the years. But the reality of it is um, it becomes who you are. And as one lifers, here's the kind of thing we do at one life. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to get to two more things before we kind of wrap up Um, one. uh, This is not one of the two things, but it, you mentioned Brett's message and kind of closing out. We closed out the build series this past Sunday and you guys can go on the one life app or one life church.org um, and watch that and hear kind of how we closed it out in this commission statement um, of kind of Brett sending us out saying, you know, we are ambassadors of a kingdom and that we need to remind ourselves of that every day because it can't just be something that we talk about for a few weeks and then move on. It has to be something that we see in our work um, in our jobs in our homes and our communities all the time. And so I wanted to highlight that, but since we do have you on Bob, I know one thing that you're very passionate about and you've done an amazing job make, making an impact in um, the Evansville and Henderson communities is kind of getting the global leadership summit happening um, and not just churches, but the community itself and getting community leaders involved in that. Can you talk a little bit about what that's been like? Well, actually, if you go back and look at that same move campaign, that one of the components was developing leaders. Yeah. And in that was not only GLS locally, but in Myanmar and growing that. And we were talking at that time about launching one in Dubai, part of our global work. So uh, again, uh, all of what I've tried to be a part of was driven out of the vision that we had as a church. And um, um, yeah, the, the GLS, uh, I tell the story all the time that, that I first did it almost 12, 13 years ago. And I remember just kind of this idea of um, we were, I, I thought of it kind of like a concert mm-hmm. that you put posters up and you put radio ads up and you just, you know, spread the word and everybody will come. And uh, I discovered pretty early on it wasn't a concert. Number one, it was two days and, you know, a little more expensive in a concert. Second of all, you don't do the same concert every year. So it it was just different. Plus, what I started discovering was our our staff would get around and have conversations about what we learned. And and I can show you and, and we can both see things that we've implemented at One Life over the years just because we spent those two days in the summit. So I just made a transition more along the line of, uh, uh, how does this add value to our city? And we started asking that question. And uh, I remember Todd Bussey and Crossroads and the guys, we yeah. worked with them for several years and we had it eventually, we got it to three sites. We had it in Henderson, we had it at uh, West, and then we had it at Crossroads. So those three sites, I just said to Todd one day, I said, uh, what do you think about going downtown? And uh, then the question was, well, how are we going to pay for that? And that first year, St. Mary's, now St. Yep. Vincent's, came on board. And uh, since then, Welburn has come on board and funded our logistics of moving downtown. And the bottom line is we went from, and, and the biggest issue was we went from church people taking two days off and paying their way, two days of vacation and paying their way to come to a lot of folks who's now, because it's in an independent facility, their companies will send them and pay for it. And they're using it just to to reach out and touch and and minister some people that they work with. And so it's just very interesting uh, to realize that, that once a year, 
we get all the sectors together. Nonprofits are in the room. Businesses are in the room. In fact, we're about 60% business now. That's amazing. And, and businesses are in the room. And we're, what excites me is, as church, we're adding value to a business. We're helping some of those companies. We're creating conversations. So we're adding value to them. And it's kind of the same thing as working in neighborhoods. Yeah. So I say all the time that, that uh, I, I, I have... I've been through all kinds of evangelism courses and training over the years, but in the last five years, I've planted a lot of shrubs. <laughs> and really, that's been kind of our entry into the community is serving and just that whole Mark 1045 that the, the Son of Man didn't come to, uh, came to serve, you know, not to be served, right. but to serve. And um, um, that's the same principle that GLS has moved into over the years is not who can we get to come, but who can we add value to. And because of that, uh, I think on Monday morning after the summit, there are conversations all over our city mm. about better companies, better nonprofits, better churches, just better leaders, because we were able to add value to our entire city. So, um, yeah, it's just been the, the growth of GLS has just been, number one, the venue, number two, just the, the myriad of people who've come to the table and helped us. And I give a lot of credit to Ross and Welburn and others that have been part of it. And uh, it's just been exciting to, to just create that conversation and it's Christ-centered when yeah. it's all said and done. Right. That's something, I mean, it's a good reminder every year because we do talk about it a lot at One Life. We'll talk about it to a point where people are like, I get it, I get it, I get it. But it's important because we want to continue talking about how to add value as leaders. But ultimately, I love reminding people that it's now become something where businesses in the community are connected to it because they're getting value for their business. And um, it's not just showing up at a church event, but it's an event for people um, to really be impacted on. And, and one short story I will tell on this. So um, the last couple of years, Bob's uh, invited me to go up to a training, kind of let people know what's going on with um, pre preparing for the GLS before it comes. And last year, sitting in the room at my table, um, listening to people talk, and I was actually on my phone looking at something, and they were getting ready to go to a panel, like to have a panel on the stage. And I said, so up on the panel, we want to invite um, some of our veteran leaders. And we, they said, my name. I had no idea I was going up on stage, ended up on stage and talking about the Global Leadership Summit at Evansville and Henderson and uh, did fine. But it was very, very funny at the moment. So, Well, and I think one of the things and you know that I've been uh, I've been involved on a larger scale and yeah. it's just exciting to me to watch what God is doing, not only in Evansville. I, I get the privilege of taking Evansville's story to other cities and bringing great examples of what's happening in other cities right. back to Evansville. Right. And so it's been exciting to watch at a higher level to work with other cities around the country. Yep. And I told them that there was nobody better than Sarah to come <laughs> up on the panel. Look at that. And I think this year they're going to have you sing a song or something. I'll do it. So, yeah. I'll sing something from, uh, I don't know, Wicked or something. You got it. Yeah, I'll play it, do some Broadway. Um, but no, I, I do want to highlight that. If, if you've never been to the Global Leadership Summit, don't even know what it is, um, definitely look that up. Look up the information. We'll have more information about, about that at One Life here pretty soon um, and some information as well. But the last thing that I have to make sure that I do highlight while you're in the studio, I'm going to yes. take my earbuds out for this. Uh oh. Yep. got to grab this. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, this has been part of the fixtures this of the studio. This has been on the, in the studio since uh, we opened. And if you can see this, it's the PKB and Co. And Co. Company. And Company yeah. Yeah. album. And uh, this guy right here. This guy right here. Well, it's Bob. There well, you go. And, and that. that girl beside me is my wife. 
That's pretty amazing. We played it. It does still play. Yeah. Plays on the um, the vinyl player that we had in here one day. So, yeah, Bob's done all kinds of things you guys don't even know about. Yeah, so. that was in, uh, done in Gaither's studio a long time ago. And and I will say that that one of the privileges that we've had is as coming out of high school, uh, we traveled and played in churches, and oh, really? then uh, we ended up we landed at Bethel. When we were a teenager, we nineteen, and uh, we. My wife and I, um, and it's kind of fun to watch our kids because my wife and I were worship leaders for a long, long time. And uh, we did a lot of the worship at church. And then ultimately, in fact, Brett remembers when we were the worship leaders in the youth ministry when he came to church. Yeah. And uh, oh, wow. we rocked it before it rocked. Oh. I mean, I'm telling you now, it doesn't sound that today, but no, it, uh, <laughs> ministry's just been a part of our home, our family, and our lives for a long, long time. And uh, it's just uh, been an interesting journey. So, yeah, yeah, that's our Gaither Studio album that we have a limited supply, but if we run out, we'll get more limited supplies. It's so. one of our most valued possessions yeah, here in exactly. the podcast studio. So. It's historic. Yeah. Well, Bob, thank you for joining uh, me on the podcast today. And I'm, I'm always excited to get to, to learn some things from you and hear some of the amazing stories of things you've been a part of. It's always fun to learn from that. So um, thank you for all the work that you do in our community, really. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what's next. Well, thanks for letting me be on my first podcast. Yes, this will always be the first podcast you were on. It will be. Yeah. It will be. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, hopefully, Brett will be back next week as he's getting to feel better as well. And we're going to uh, move on from the Build series at One Life, but we're still going to continue talking about some great things that are going on at One Life and things that are going to be happening as we get closer to celebrating Easter with you. So we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the One Life Church Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and subscribe. That way you'll get an alert anytime there's a new episode. If there was something that you heard that you really want other people to know, share it out on social media. You can use the hashtag OLPodcast. To ask us a question here at the podcast, you can email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org. I'm one of your co-hosts, Sarah Inman, and I produced this episode. Our music is produced by Micah Robertson and Ben Brock. <laughs>